friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I am so glad you joined us. I'm Stacey Bellward. Today's episode is the first of a two-part question and answer series with Jim and Lynn Jackson, the founders of Connected Families. The questions that I'm going to ask them come from an online course that we run two times a year called Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. Okay, if you've been around Connected Families very long, you've heard about it because this is the foundational material that we teach. So the the course is starting up again in a week, and every time we run it, we do three private live Q&A sessions for all the students of the course. They ask Jim and Lynn a question, and we go through those in a live format. It's a huge bonus and a lot of fun. So we thought, hey, let's bring this Q&A format to the podcast so that you, our listeners, can hear the answers also. The questions are going to make you feel great because I know that you've had them and I know that you are going to want to hear the answer. So let me bring Jim and Lynn in. Hi, you guys. Hey, 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 Stacey. hey. <laughs> Private and live. Private and live <laughs> yeah. for those people wow. in the online course. It's fun, isn't it? Don't yeah. we have really a blast is, it with really it? It really is fun. We have so much fun. Yeah, we get to kind of meet everybody that's in the little chat rooms. Yeah, and, and this is yeah. our yeah. best chance in these days where so much is done virtually to bring that fresh liveness to it because Stacy's going to be a parent and Lynn and I are going to answer the questions that people often ask and the way we go. That's right. So for today, this episode and next week's episode, I grabbed some of the most asked questions from our previous live Q&As from that DTC course. So we get all sorts of questions every time, but there's usually a few really similar ones that show Mm -hmm. up every time we run the course, isn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's how today is gonna work. There's four levels of the Connected Families framework that we teach in the course. And really, everything that we do runs around that framework. So Jim and Lynn are going to review in a quick minute or so one of those levels, And then we're going to go to the questions Mm -hmm. that I pulled out for that level. Are you guys ready for that? We're ready to go. You got it. Okay, so I'm the parent. I'm all of you guys listening. And Jim Mm -hmm. and Lynn, I might even push back a little bit. Yeah, good. Sometimes. Just just on Jim's answers, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) I really have in mind, everybody, you sitting in your living room, driving in your car, you know, kids are maybe in the back seat and I'm really trying to get into, you know, what's going on around you as I ask Jim and Lynn these questions. Are you ready to start? We're ready to Mm -hmm. roll. Okay, so let's start with the very first level of the framework, which is you are safe with me. Can one of you just give a quick recap of what that means? Yeah, go, Lynn. All right. That's the level where we step back and we take a look at what's going on inside of us so that we truly can communicate a message to our child. You're safe with me. Mm -hmm. I'm being self-aware. I'm calming myself down. I'm taking inventory of some crazy thoughts that might be making my responses off track and I'm taking those thoughts captive to the Lord and coming in full of love for me and for you and just a sense of God's presence in the craziness of a disciplined situation. Yeah, a quick way that I think about that, Stacey, is that it positions us as parents when we do the work Lynn is describing to feel to our children like we're for them, not against Mm -hmm. them. It doesn't mean they get what they want. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily always soft. We can be firm, but we remain kind and we remain postured in a way that our kids know we are for them. We're on their side, even though we may be disciplining them. So there has to be this level of calming 
for the parent that's taking place. For sure. Mm-hmm. There. It's maybe a Absolutely. first step. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's about assessing our calmness. It's about assessing what's going on inside of me. So, uh-huh. so much of the parenting that I have done and that we know lots of other parents do comes from a place of inner angst that parents are mm-hmm. often unaware about and they right. haven't taken, as Lynn said, they haven't taken that inner angst captive to Christ's obedience. We haven't dwelt on those things enough to even sometimes recognize that they're there, especially mm-hmm. dads. Mm-hmm. We dads tend to just want to get stuff done and we're not aware we've got feelings that are compelling us to do what we do sometimes. It's mm-hmm. just my good logic, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we've got a motivation to just regain control of a crazy situation mm-hmm. and our kids sense that. It's like you're just trying to get as much control as I am, mom. It just looks more sophisticated. Yeah. Yep. Mm, yeah. yeah. So we condescend if we're not thoughtful and we lecture and we kind of have that posture, whether it's physical or not, it often is, but it feels to our children like they're on the floor sort of sitting there looking up. We're standing over them with our hands on our hips mm-hmm. and emotionally the kids just feel small. And they look at us and they think that, you know, we're just just intimidating, scary person. And, you know, sometimes there may be room for us to be authoritative with our kids in certain ways, but not always, just when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary very often, if at all, as kids grow. So what I hear you saying is that to become aware of that was the question that you asked, which was what's going on inside of me and understand why am I showing up this way? And that takes some deep work. Yeah. I know from doing it myself, sometimes it takes a couple <laughs> seconds. Like, yep. what's going on? Oh, I'm just really stressed out because I want to be at church on time or, you know, I need to yeah, get good. out the door to work, right? But sometimes it's deeper, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but I want to I focus even on that thing that you said because I've heard parents reflect on this. Well, I did what I did because we need to get a church on time. Uh-huh. Is that your child's felt need? And are you aware of how that might feel? And so what it might feel to your child is not, we need to be to this important place of worship where, where we can meet God and God's people, we need to do what mom thinks we should because that's what she likes or what dad thinks because that's what he likes. And this is all about them. If we're not thoughtful about our pace and the way that we move toward helping kids value going to church on time, Mm -hmm. do they feel like we're joining them? Oh gosh, I know it's hard for you, hard for me too sometimes. Come here, let me get down with you and help you with your shoes so that we can get in the car quick. So there's (sighs) a different approach. As opposed to you get get your shoes on and get in the car right now, we got to be on time. Yeah. Well, let me just say... I've been around the framework for a long time, and I I needed to remember this on last yeah. Sunday going to church. <laughs> we never sorry, get Stacey. too up the... close and personal. <laughs> we yeah, had we no just idea. Got way too personal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me ask this question. Okay. This came from Hannah in the course, and it's about calming. And I think that sometimes calming can be difficult when you have small little kids. Here's our question: What is a good way to give yourself space to calm down when you have young kids who mm. want to follow you <laughs> as you? leave or seem to even get more upset when you try to step away Hmm. that is such a good question and such a common thing yeah with kids with little ones Uh because they panic because the relationship already feels stressed and then if mom goes i just need to take a break you know and then heads off Go into the bathroom. Yes. Feels Don't like follow me. <laughs> the ultimate rejection. What does the child do? Lay on the floor and kick against the bathroom door, right? <laughs> so yeah. this is where the messages are really helpful because the parent, if you can set a goal to, I want to really reassure my child that this is for them. This break is for them. 
and it's like oh honey you want mommy's just feeling really kind of upset now and I want him I'm afraid I won't be very kind to you so I want to be really kind to you so Mm. we can solve this I'm just gonna go to the bathroom quick and then I'll be right back so here you can draw on this paper and draw me a picture of what you're mad about (laughs) and I'll be back in a couple minutes Mm -hmm. and we'll figure this out Mm -hmm. you see how the message is so different Mm -hmm. now that may or may not be enough to help an insecure child but it's your best shot at being able to take that that step aside and that's the question i heard immediately on the heels of that is so what if i go to the bathroom and my child is out of control and it's worse for them that i'm gone and what you just talked about is important there are things you can do even without leaving right Right. Yeah. That was what I was getting to is just that that's your best shot at being able to take a break. But Mm -hmm. there's lots of ways that you can seek God's peace when you're in that situation. If you just know your child is going to be so upset and insecure if you step away from them. There was a a great story that we got from a mom. I think she had gone through the course and she was applying this. And and I'll just read her story because it's really it's excellent. She says, last year, I learned a grounding technique that helped me calm down. I find five things I can see, four things I I can hear three things I can touch, two things I can smell, and one thing I can taste. Mm. One time last month, my four-year-old daughter was very angry. She had to wait in the car with me and the baby while daddy and the older two kids went shopping. Her loud, angry, desperate crying triggered very unhappy memories from my childhood, and I felt like I was going to panic. Instead, I sat and did grounding. Occasionally, I said something empathetic to my daughter, like, I hear you. I know it's so hard. You can get a hug whenever you're ready, and you can tell me what you feel anytime. After several minutes, she finally was able to talk about it and get a hug. I felt relieved that I was able to accomplish calming myself in the moment. Just such a great story of of a mom Mm -hmm. just doing what she needed to do to stay grounded, to stay peaceful, so that she could be sincerely empathetic for her daughter. I love that story because she had a plan before she went in. Mm -hmm. She had already practiced those five grounding techniques, didn't she? So Mm -hmm. in the moment when she felt herself getting overwhelmed, she then started doing those techniques. Yep. Another mom had a a pre-planned method of just, she would breathe in God's love Mm -hmm. and breathe out God's peace. And so she thought about that as she was doing that. She would be in the moment with her kids, but she would take a deep breath in. I breathe in God's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I breathe out God's peace. It's so beautiful. I know. And swapping it up, sometimes I she breathed it. in God's peace and breathed out God's love. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I've done that numerous times, mm-hmm. and it's super helpful. I love all of that. I'm just going to add something that just came into my mind, too, is that, well, my kids are teenagers now. <laughs> I think that something I've realized is that whatever caused this heated moment doesn't necessarily need to be solved right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just table it for a bit. Like, I could go to the yeah. stereo and put on fun music and say, grab an instrument. We just need to, like, take a pause a moment right now, and we'll come back to this in a moment. Mm-hmm. I remember fun music times with my kids in the middle of yeah, heated sure. times. And it's a good question for reflection later, which is, what is it about me that needs to get it done right now all the time? Not what is it about these kids that they don't obey me right away, but what is it about me that Mm -hmm. needs to get stuff done on time all the time? What is that? 
and and to reflect on that Jim, and to be aware of that. You're getting too personal today. Well, I know, but I mean, I, that, I mean, I reflect back on so many circumstances where I would get quickly frustrated or angry about something, and yeah. I would immediately justify it in the name of doing the right thing. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm that way because you remember, Lynn. I, I used to even justify slamming my hand on the table. Sometimes these kids just need to know. Well, that wasn't about their need to know. That was about my need to express. Mm. And <laughs> until I took some time away to let God's Spirit speak to me about that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let go of that way of thinking about it, and it kept scaring my kids more away from me than building a relationship so that they would feel endeared to me and feel like I was for them, not yeah. against mm-hmm. them. That's such a good example of asking yourself the question, what's going on in me? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, what am I thinking? And yeah. then I'm behaving out of that. Yeah. Why? And letting God inform yeah. that. Okay, let me get to the second question around you are safe with me. Whitney sent in this question about you are safe with me. She says, today my three and a half year old threw a tantrum because she wanted to watch the iPad and I said no. I was slow, low and listened something that we teach in the online course. I sat down on the floor next to her and was explaining we don't do iPads in the morning and she slapped me Mm. (laughs) right in the face. I know. I stayed low and slow and quiet Mm. with her, but I told her she can't hit mommy. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know where to go from there. What is a good consequence to reinforce you can't hit? When I try to talk to her, she moves on. It's like I'm trying to force her to have a conversation with me, and she's only three and a half years old. (laughs) Jim and Lynn? I felt this question right away. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm a little child, and I just did. Right. And so there's a little bit of a a way of thinking about this that could have helped Whitney in that moment Mm -hmm. that might be a little bit different, which is not you can't do that, but because that's about me and what just happened to me and what you can't do to me. Safety starts with an understanding of who the child is and what it's like to be them right now. So, wow, you are so upset. You just hurt mommy, and that hurt me. That's not okay, is it? So you elicit interaction instead of just standing in pronouncement of a judgment of of a behavior. Mm -hmm. Engage the child, even the little, because I'm sure the little one is like, oh my gosh, I just hit my mother. And now mom is going to do something and react and respond in some sort of way, which you can't help but do. But for little one to be responded to in a way that says, I get what it's like to be you right now. Mm On the way to the teaching about what is and isn't okay around here is just such an important piece. Yeah, in the busyness of a morning, a typical thing is, you know, that the child gets the iPad or or asks for it or whatever, and, and the mom is busy around the kitchen and just trying to get breakfast on and do all the things, and it's just sort of a quick, no, you can't have the iPad, we don't do that in the morning, you know. And it's it's just seems like a normal thing for an adult to say. But if that's how the child receives it, then it's like, mom doesn't care about me. She mm-hmm. just wants to say no. And so even st- when you know it's a trigger issue for a child, like a lot of times those screens can be what kids go to to regulate, even though it's not, it's counterproductive. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're a little off kilter and they just think, if I can just get an iPad, I can feel better. Mm. And so there can be a lot of emotion behind that for the kiddo. So to even just put a focus on hey sweetie good morning how are you and making sure you get that connection first Mm -hmm. and then when she asks for the ipad it's like oh you love that thing don't you it's really fun but you know what it's not good for your little brain your little thinker to have it in the morning so Mm -hmm. what else could we do do you want to help me with breakfast And so there's that message, I'm for you, really comes through. And that so often can just be enough to 
derail that Mm -hmm. kind of a quick, angry response. Mm -hmm. You know, the child feels understood, which is usually, and cared about, which is usually more important Mm -hmm. than getting the actual thing that they wanted. Yeah, We we talk a lot in the course about this idea of going slow and low and listen. Mm -hmm. And we unpack a little more than we have time to right now about how do you use that? Yeah. Opportunity. It's not just I'm going to go slow and get down next to the child who's playing this game they ought not be playing and I'm going to go low and I'm going to listen to them talk about it. So I'm going to go slow and low and listen on the way to winning some influence about the decision about to be made here and anticipating what's going to happen and setting a child up to make choices that they can understand. And as we go slow and low and listen at times like that, it's it's not just for the benefit of the child, but it's for our benefit so that our brains can recall some of the strategies we've thought about ahead of time to address this in a new way and anticipate what might go wrong and how we can ask a question and set a child up to make a better choice right now and an honoring choice. And it still could be hard. It still might not work if working means my child always does what I want them to do. But if working means it helps me to stay calm no matter how my child acts, that's the goal of slow, low, and listen. Mm -hmm. And that sets us up to then go on and figure out, okay, this is a recurring problem, so how could I solve it? And you can make a little picture schedule with kids, and so that then you can ask them, oh, I love that iPad. When is iPad time? And they begin to know, oh, it's after lunch. Yeah, nice work. I love it. So slow, low, and listen helps me keep asking the question, what's going on in me? I'm getting big. What's yeah. going on? So mm-hmm. then I want to bring it back down to slow, low, and listen. And then be some be proactive about connecting with my child early in the morning. And instead of just the no, right? right like, hey, I know that would be fun to do that. But I, what I caught of all the things that you said, Lynn, was let's talk about other ways that I can engage with my child in the morning. So I'm not kind of leaving her hanging with just a no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Those mornings can be tough for sensitive yep. little kids. Yep. Come, let's let's make breakfast together. Yeah. Before we move on, let me just talk a little bit about the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course. You know, registration is open right now. The cohort is starting in the next week or so. We only run the course two times a year. You guys, I'm the course moderator, and I would love to have you join me and hundreds of other parents for this round of the course. This has not been an easy season of parenting and we would love to support you in making the tweaks that will bring lasting change. I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can find out all the information that you need. I hope you join me. Well, let's move on to the second level of the framework. You are loved no matter what. Jim and Lynn, are you ready to move on? Mm -hmm. We're ready. Who wants to give us a little summary of what you are loved no matter what means? All right, I'll run with it. This is just the level where we really represent the grace of the gospel because we are loved no matter what, that God demonstrates his love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so it's really a holy work to communicate a message to a struggling child. I love you. I understand you. I know how hard Mm -hmm. this is. Mm -hmm. Again, that message, I'm for you. And there's so many little practical ways that we can do that, of just getting down and smiling, opening our arms up for a hug, empathy statements. And we'll talk about that more and probably do a little role play as we answer some questions. But just think of the ways that you would want to be dealt with when a a friend or a a spouse comes to the house after a frustrating day and you're just like, 
this is crazy. I'm, you know, you're just letting loose. How would you want to be dealt with or responded to when you are on the edge of an adult outburst mm. <laughs> or meltdown? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then think of that in terms of Honey, our kids. Settle down right now. You know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you're overreacting. I know you're frustrated, but you're the adult, so get a grip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it does help to get into the again to get into the lens of the child. Um, Almost every parent we talk to, in fact, I can't think of an exception, will say, well, I love my child unconditionally. Yeah. The question is not, uh, do you love your child unconditionally? The question is, do your children experience unconditional love from you? Mm -hmm. And if you also decide you want to communicate love for no apparent reason, that's also good. But remember that your greatest opportunity to communicate unconditional love is in the context of kids' misbehavior. When they're feeling unlovable, is the most important time for them to Mm -hmm. feel love. So, you know, making that practical is always a challenge. So you talked about misbehavior. The question that I want to ask you right now, it's not necessarily about misbehavior, but just like weak, hard moments. So a mom sent in this question about her eight-year-old son. Now, this could be an eight-year-old or a three-year-old, but she says, my eight-year-old son is still afraid of being alone in the dark right at bedtime. Hmm. We've tried sympathizing with him and have given him ideas like praying, saying Bible verses, using a nightlight, playing relaxing music or thinking about good thoughts from the day to help him soothe himself and go to sleep. But none of these seem to be helping. Do you have any ideas? I know that this can get frustrating right? oh, for parents for sure. and at all yep. ages, right? It's like, enough, the day is over. I just mm-hmm. need you in your bed now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so what does it mean to show love? We talked about misbehavior, but yeah. this is not misbehavior necessarily, but just a hard moment of the day. For sure. Well, and, and it often turns to misbehavior and that the child doesn't stay in bed. They keep coming out. They want a glass of water. They want to watch the TV show. They want to read one more book. You know, it depends on how old they are. And that's a little bit different than this, right? He's afraid of being Well, I know, but sometimes when kids are afraid of being in the dark, they don't want me to know it because I've told them so many times they don't need to be afraid of the dark that it feels invalidating to them. It feels like I don't love them for who they are, but who I want them to be. And mm-hmm. so they can't talk about it that way anymore. So now they want to do other things. That's possible. But I hear you asking the question specifically about the one who stays scared, keeps verbalizing it, and I keep trying to help them not be scared, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really what's going on is the child is having to get used to not being with the reassuring presence of the parent. And when we're in fight or flight, our brains give off oxytocin which is an odd thing because that's like the, the cuddle hormone, <laughs> but it, it drives us to go seek help. So there's a natural response for kids when they're scared to want to be with you. So it helps to just think in terms of, okay, how can I do this gently with my child and keep coming back in, you know, at intervals, honey, I know you're a little worried. I'll be back in just a minute and check on you and I'll give you a thumbs up and smile if I see you resting well. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of keep coming back in. So mm-hmm. they don't have, it's like, no, they're gone forever. Because that's what's really scary to them. But if they know you're going to be back to check on them, that helps a lot. So it also helps a lot to just get the child's brain into just sort of a lighthearted, connected state before going to bed. So that might mean play wrestling early in the evening or just some silliness or a game where they feel really powerful. There's a type of play with your child where you put them in the power role. They're the superhero. You're 
the, the bumbling <laughs> villain and fall over on the couch when they approach. And, and it's just laughter and fun, and they feel powerful. And mm -hmm. just a simple way of connecting in that way before a child goes to bed says, I love you, I believe in you, yeah. you're strong, you know, and it can just be just what that child needs to not like end up in bed going, oh, I'm powerless mm -hmm. and I'm afraid. Yeah. So just simple things like that can be helpful as well. I can see that really working with smaller kids. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing an eight-year-old might be a little bit too old. I'm an eight-year-old boy would probably love to wrestle with his dad. Yeah, okay. And so then I have it's... two girls, so... Yeah, yeah. So the dad doesn't have to exaggerate it to where it's silly but just like yeah. being goofy and falling over and uh-huh yeah i could totally and i'm sure it that. depends on their personality because mm -hmm. maybe yeah. they just want to sit together really you know yeah. right next to each other on the couch and and you each read your own book yeah for 20 yep. minutes or something like that yep. yeah i mean there is this thing too and i don't want to understate the attentiveness needed if our children have got a fashion of night terrors that may be indicator that there's something going on that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And so with an eight-year-old, you know, it's possible there's some stuff going on at school. There, It's possible something happened traumatic that mm -hmm. we don't know about. Yeah, I don't want to instill a yeah. bunch of fear in parents about this right now. Right. But I think for us to just wonder with our kids in a, in a very not an anxious kind of way, like, oh, what happened to my child? But more like, wow, you just seem, you still seem really upset after bed. And I just wonder if there's some things that happen before bed some days that just make, make it feel hard for you. Yeah. And to explore whether there might be something more, as well as some of the things Lynn is talking about, we're just making sure there's good doses of connective stuff, mm -hmm. you know, as bedtime approaches. Because so often these days, kids feel alone in their own homes while all the craziness is going on. And right up to bedtime, even though there's people going on and there's stuff happening, mom's got this, dad's got this, other siblings got this, we're online, we're watching things, we're, we're not connected, and there's chaos, and we end up going to bed with this angst that we don't understand or, or even right. know how to deal with any of it, and that's what's real for us. Yeah. So let's be attentive to the anxiety level of our kids throughout the day mm -hmm. that they might be bringing with them to bed and yeah. figure out ways before bed to start to explore that and be connective and empathetic and curious and understanding and all of the things that communicate this message, you're loved no matter what you feel when you yeah. go to bed. And all of that boils down to the question that we teach in the course too what's going on in my child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for you are safe with me, we ask what's going on in me, the parent. Yep. So for you are loved is what's going on in my child. So yeah. instead of immediate reactions, I just want him in bed. It's what's going on. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, does he need more connection with me? Mm -hmm. Did something happen at school? Like, mm -hmm. let's just get really curious yep. about what's happening. Yep. That's good. That's really good. Here's the last question under the message. You are loved no matter what. To end our podcast today. The question is, my little kids always want to play with me and spend time with me. I want to give them what they need, but I can't, sometimes won't, <laughs> give them as much yeah. as they ask for. Yeah. Sometimes they even get demanding. Yeah, what right. are some guidelines for knowing if my kids need more special yeah. time with me? So the picture I get as you're asking that question, Stacy, is the, the parent who spent some time giving their child a good dose of connection, yeah. but has stuff to do, and it's a normal thing to have stuff to do. And so uh -huh. I've connected with you, and now I'm going to go do what I'm going to do, the laundry or the dishes or vacuum or attend to work or whatever it might be. And child All follows me into the room and still badgers for attention. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Is that kind of it? That is the right. question. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, we hear that question a lot. And even with that specificity, it's a tough one because if the child wants more attention, then that means something is still off. Problem is if we give them attention at a time like that when they're acting inappropriately to get it, you know, it may communicate a message to them that they're the most important thing around here. And that's not a message we want our kids to pick up from us. And so the question really is, is how do we put into the balance? We're going to connect with you now and communicate clearly about that. And then I'm going to do some stuff. And, and if you want to help me do the stuff, you can be with me. And if you don't, you know, what are you going to do to occupy yourself for a while? And if mm-hmm. that continues to be problematic, then we got to keep looking at it. Well, there's, I think there's some similarities in the bedtime question because mm-hmm. kids live in the moment. Sure. They don't, you know, savor the wonderful memories <laughs> of playing with mommy. <laughs> and they don't look ahead to the next time. They live in the moment. And yeah. it's, I've just got one emotion. And it's with the moment. So how we disengage when we're playing with them makes a real difference. Yep. Because if we sort of pull away, then that's like, it's it's a double whammy of you're gone. And I feel like you were irritated with me when you left. And that makes me feel really insecure and want more, 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 you know, to help them sort of bridge the gap between the past and the future, just just to get them started on that little skill can help as well. So you're playing with your kiddo and you go, oh, just a couple minutes left. And then I got to go fix us lunch. So we got some good lunch to eat. And then when the time is done, you can go, oh, I loved playing with you. That was such a fun time. Mm. And I'm excited to play tomorrow too. Mm-hmm. Will you remind me to play <laughs> together tomorrow? Because I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You just see it's such a different tone as you disengage that the child is much more likely to just feel, to have their love bucket filled yeah. instead of like, <gasps> mom's gone and this yeah. is all there is to life and she'll never play with her again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's clarity about ending mm-hmm. and moving on and what's going to happen next, which is great. It's about clear connected communication about what I'm doing and what I'm about to do and help and invite you to wonder the same question about what you're going to do without me now. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. And I it also makes me think that I'm teaching my children kind of the balance of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? Now is playtime. Yep. Now we got to do the dishes. Now we got to do laundry. You know, there's all the things that have to happen in one day. Yeah. I can remember inviting my kids to do some of those chores with me too Mm -hmm. yep so we get to play now but if you want to be together let's go do laundry (laughs) yay yay yeah yeah well that's a a good transition (laughs) and and it is a great opportunity yeah so we don't have to equate in our brains that connection is always just for you child you know what we can connect in the chores in the preparation in the shopping in the working in the garage Uh mowing of the yard and you know and make those times connective and enjoyable that's an excellent way to just build a lot of skills while you're building connection Uh yep well jim and lynn thank you so much for answering all my our (laughs) (laughs) questions today you know we want to be so practical here at connected families don't we and i really feel like today episode was practical and useful for our listeners. Uh, We covered the first two levels of the Connected Families Framework. You are safe with me and you are loved no matter what. So next time, next week in our next episode, we are going to cover the last two levels of the framework. You are called and capable and you are responsible. Mm. So I'll see you two then. Yeah, and I I see some role plays coming on. Yes, yes. (laughs) We're going to get some role plays in there. Are you enjoying our podcasts? Please rate and review so others can find us more easily. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. 
All of the information about the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course is found through a link in our show notes and at connectedfamilies.org. The course runs two times a year and is starting in the next few weeks. Registration is open. I hope you sign up today. We look forward to next time when Jim, Lynn, and I will come back to the microphone for part two of Parenting Questions and Answers. I'll see you then. For more information, go to connectedfamilies.org. Thank you.